Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. So, uh, we just got back from LA. We're back home. How was it? It was it was a blast. I caught the bug big. It was it was tons of fun. Yeah, bring you going back. And you described it perfectly. You're like, dude, the city has everything in it. Like anything you want in one metropolis, it's there. You can go hiking. You can go swimming. You can go see famous people. You can go see homeless people. Yeah, and being outside there is just like infinitely better. Like you just want to walk, even in places like you could Uber and drive. Like I'll walk like forty-five minutes somewhere. I've n- I never do that here. Would you do that in Phoenix, or is it too hot? No, I'll do that in Phoenix because it's windy too. Like if it's, it's like, as long as I'm like walking, it's fine. If it's summer, no. But the rest of the year, Arizona is really nice. Mad dry though. Yeah, but in a good way. Like chips never go stale. Yeah, but like skin's cracking type thing. And like sunburn, like sunburns are bad there obviously but oh, yeah. um, like you, when you get in your car in the summer like you can get like a second degree burn from your seatbelt, like because it gets so hot and you just like touch it and it like will blister up instantly yeah so like you, you have like towels on your seats and shit if you have like a leather car can't be leaving dogs in the car no definitely not like five minute life that's span. what we'd call a hot dog come on come on that's fucked up <laughs> that, that was a good one though. that was good hey this is john scott and this is my platinum hour Oh, oh God, what's going on? Where am I going? Dad? Yes, my son. I am Deuce, the Deer God. I'm so confused. Who am I? Derek, your true name is Dercules. Dercules. Wait, what? Yes, you are Dercules, the God of the Forest. Season five. Five, five, five. Hosted by your favorite podcast host, Big Bochi. You already know the deal, mother. What's up? I mean, you got right into it, but I got to preface real quick before we start. That was just my practice. Well, we're already rolling, man. Right. So, thanks for stealing the show. Hey, this is Connor Hawley of the Golden Hours Podcast. And listen, if you by chance get any sort of value from this episode, whether you're entertained, you laugh, you cry, you learn something, all I ask is you share with a friend. That's it. And if you don't have friends, you shouldn't be listening to podcasts, man. You should be out on the playground. Making friends. Also, in the building, you got a hot mic here. Introduce yourself, brother. Hey, what's up, people? Hugo, but y'all can call me Juice. And my Instagram is made it through juice. I'm a videographer. I like that. It's a little marketing, a little promo, a little yeah. plug. Are you going to go non-headphones all the time? I didn't even think about it. I'll go headphones. Dude, you're the audio whiz. Yo, I'm always wearing headphones. Like half the pictures you see on my Instagram, I have headphones around my neck. Or what's your pose again? <laughs> it means, I told them it means peace among worlds. The John Scott stable. So nonetheless, I have a... Not so young anymore, he just turned 30. Young man in the building, in the new studio, and someone I attest a lot of the growth of the show and the brand within Boston. I oh, appreciate that. Absolutely. I could never, ever have been building what I've done without your help and your generosity and you giving me a chance. For sure. Like, I saw the hustle, and that's all I really needed to see. Like, Thank you. And I still see it every day. Like, and I, I also want to take credit for pushing the show to the morning. 
Y- yeah. You sa- actually, you did say, let's do a morning show. And then you have the fucking rest of the day. You're like getting everything done before even like For sure. Well, well, we had some we had some scheduling issues. What's creaking? Is it the I mic? It. It okay. Um, yeah. Well, we had some scheduling issues early on at the, the old stew. But nonetheless, do you want to kind of give a quick synopsis of who you are and For what sure. you do? Oh, yeah. me? Yeah. Um, my name's John Scott. I own Phoenix Down Recording in Somerville. I've had it almost for eight years now. I was Jeezy's engineer for a couple of years. Started working with Lil Baby this summer. Just got my first platinum plaque uh, with that record with him called Baby featuring Da Baby. Let's go! Crazy. And, and of course, my family loves it because they call me Uncle Baby John. So they like did not believe me that the record was called Baby. With Lil Baby and Da Baby. Yeah. But you didn't know Da Baby was on until later. Um, no, I, I mean, I knew he was going to be on it because Baby texted me. He was like, yo, send me that. He's like, send me that song. I had it called Rumors at the time. He's like, send me that uh, song Rumors. I'm going to get the Baby on it. And he sent it to him, jumped on it that night. And was this before or after the Baby started getting really hot? I mean, this dude, is, he took this year over, I would man. say like right, right at the, you know, beginning of his straight ascent. Like how he's been on everything. Yeah, like, I think people just love his character, like. People say that he's better at like the marketing the aspect antics. of than anybody in a long time, like a less annoying six nine. Like people, someone people less know, instead of love to hate, people just love to love him. So I think it's because he's got a big smile. Yeah, and he's I guess he's not very tall, but he's got a huge personality. He's like jacked and like he's what they'd call um, brolic. Brolic, yeah. You know how to spell brolic? B r a w l i k. I have no clue. That's that sounded good though. Yeah, right. <laughs> that looks right. So, n- nonetheless, so when I had started the show, I we me and John have run an episode together before, but when I had started the show, I had gone to Phoenix Down after going to like four locations, and I just because John puts his phone number online like a psycho, and I called him thinking it was gonna be an office. He's like, "Hey, this is a uh, Phoenix Down recording." John's got. I'm sure you're probably in the the booth. <laughs> And um, I was like, yeah, man, I'm running this podcast, blah, blah, blah. I'm having all these artists up on. It's a huge show. You're, Biggest like, podcast uh, in Boston. Uh, I think it was at the time. I think that's what you said. Uh, well, we made it anyway. <laughs> so uh, we, I called John. Then I showed up. It was probably about a two-minute pitch. And I think it was, Ma- it was some of Max's first days at the studio, yeah. too. And then we just kind of started, and John just gave me total leverage and total freedom to start the show. He never taxed me ever, which is, t- he knew I had no bread, never taxed me ever. And I'm very indebted to you, man. Thank you. Definitely. Um, yeah, those were good times. That was fun. Like, had seeing a bunch of different people come through the studio, artists or not, you know, was like a cool way to just to like remember that the city's bigger than me like bigger than all the people that I've met so far and that is just like yeah if I thought I knew half the people you know I only really knew like 10% you know 5% so you probably know everybody in music though for the most part now right there's there's definitely at least like one degree of separation at the most from any you know bigger artists or someone who's been doing it for a while but there's still so many artists being born every day here you know people going to the studio for the first time kids turning 16 17 18 so it's 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 hard to say that you know you haven't if i haven't 
met him yet. They could have just started last year, or two years ago. You know, like baby, little baby just started like three years ago. That's doesn't, it. Yeah, it doesn't take like he came. Yeah, he uh, got out of jail three years ago this summer. How old is he? Twenty five. I think so. Twenty twenty four. I should what? know that. But. Wow. And so, but do you realize with your studio now, like you've created an opportunity for like an eclectic range of artists, not just like people who are seasoned, but people who are also just starting to come and feel comfortable in recording. I don't think there's another space like that in the city. No, uh, like new artists are some of my favorite to work with because A, they really show their appreciation in a different way that like I know I'm contributing something to the world that you know is worthwhile like it's it's giving someone an opportunity to really sound as amazing as possible not bad um caught in the simulation yeah i gotta gotta put it on silent real quick oh good you're totally teched out too huh yeah super my wife got this for my birthday too is it tracking your steps probably did you check it no it does tell me when i haven't walked enough though Oh, we'll say, like, get off your ass. Yeah, it'll be like, you did not meet any of your goals this week. And you said, dude, because I'm staring at a computer, buddy. It, it, but then it'll <laughs> offer me, it'll be like, do you want to lower your goals? And I'm like, yes. Dude, please. <laughs> um, 50 steps a day. Yeah, sometimes other, I've, I've talked to other engineers who have, like, a mixed bag when it comes to dealing with, like, unseasoned, like you said, artists. Uh, but getting to be there in, like, kind of the beginning stages, you can kind of, guide someone down a path quicker and down like a better path and it's like there's nothing cooler than seeing someone who is like okay turn into like an artist turn into someone who's making like music i would listen to how much early advice have you been giving an artist in terms of marketing themselves now that you've seen commercial artists and how they do it i just know that it's a lot of work and it's more of the work i would if it's if the music is 49 percent, it's 51 percent. you know branding yeah not not even just branding but like specifically marketing your music you know uh you need to sell yourself online but then you eventually need to sell your good music you need to actually have music that's like people want to listen to so that you can get streams and get royalties and all that because people aren't buying songs anymore so you can't just have support you need like a, a whole plan you need to do shows you need to build, like really be building fans be all personable the time. yeah i think a lot of people don't think that there's the next step in between making the hit song and becoming a star which is like promoting the fuck out of a song doing radio interviews doing like a hundred different college shows doing all of like the other shit that goes along with it um but if i did know more i would definitely give more advice because i just know how important it is but you're learning as time goes on the more you're surrounding yourself with big commercial artists no, definitely like if i when i figure something out i definitely tip people into it at what point did you realize because for those who don't know john had i don't know if it's functional an instagram ticker in his studio at, when did you start realizing okay i kind of start i have to be more public about what i'm doing too because it doesn't does it come natural to you or no um so uh, shout, shout out to uh, Johnny Finesse. He's the really the only reason that I started taking my Instagram so seriously because he kept telling me to give him you know my Instagram password so he could take over my account. And uh, then yeah, I saw I saw like that I had I've been accumulating a bunch of like pictures you know that I haven't that I hadn't really been posting, and the couple that I had posted didn't do as well as you know they should have because I just didn't know how to do it. 
so then I like waited and then Johnny came around and uh, it really was a game changer. Like way more people who had heard the music found out where it was coming from and were able to like contact me directly. Like, yeah, so many messages in Instagram that have led to, you know, interns or engineers or artists that uh, I really was sleeping on that side of things it's, it's had a direct increase in your it's like yeah it's booking, not it's right? not just branding it's just a method of communication for a so for like what i do you know what i mean it's like showing people that's like the pictures are the branding but uh gaining the following is is more about being able to communicate and remind them that i'm that we're here you know what i mean mm -hmm. and whenever they do need a mix or they hear a mix on art from one of our artists that just like kicks ass then that'll bring them back to it is it a tough adjustment for you trying to be more public or do you feel like you've embraced it no it's a little bit tough i but uh i just got to figure out like a routine and a pattern because it's not something that I think about like I don't think even about like the picture with an artist until like the very end of the session and then I'm like like and I've had times where I just like forget like when Trippy Red was at the studio I just forgot like I just like did not that would have, that would have been, picture would have been huge that would have, that would have been a dope picture but he, he actually uh, live streamed and shit so we have we have like something of him some in the evidence studio. yeah snoop snoop's uh live stream at the studio is, is the best though i know john john smoked cohiba with with snoop dogg yep. it's pretty legendary man yeah so when i mean um is, is it a tough adjustment for you being more public i mean like having more attention on you now than previously when you were just building the studio oh no um the if anything's it just makes things easier you know a lot easier like if i had to struggle before in finding the right people people are coming to me now and so that makes it much you know much faster of a system and then it's already the type of people too like if i'm looking for somebody versus somebody who has the initiative and comes to find me i've already you know have a better pool if it's just people who've done the work on their own does it do you think it over time over time you developed like a confidence in terms of like being more public about what you're doing or was it like you kind of just had to get snap into it as soon as things start getting really big for you does that make sense what do you mean by being public i mean just like you are that sounds like a choice that's like me posting but having people mm. know me more is less of a choice and more of just like something that's like occurred well i just mean there are more eyes on you now than ever before when you were building this and so you now have to be like more open with people and more communicative with people it's just like part of your job now yeah um but i think i've gotten better with, at that you know over time and f figuring out how to make it into more of a business rather than just a job has been like it's been like a couple year process but i'm definitely figuring it out and yeah like if like the one of the years that you know I worked with Jeezy, um, it would have like if I had everything figured out, it would have been so much better. But the studio ended up being unused so much of the time. Uh, it could never can't let that happen again. And since I'm like you know planning to move to LA, I really need to have it running like a tight ship. Um, yeah, that's that's been like the most important like thing that i'm focusing on right now it's also kind of i was talking about this with josh too it's a competitive advantage that both you are personable because what i've realized outside audio engineers 
traditionally are a little more introverted. And I mean, everyone, you're a little bit introverted, but you're still like a really sociable dude. Yeah. No, have you have balance. you noticed that? Yeah, no, it really helps. Like my wife has pointed it out to me and I've seen it in other engineers who struggled and other ones who have succeeded as one of the reasons. Um, people want to work with who they like, you know, like beyond who's like extremely talented they want to enjoy their experiences on life uh while they're here and who they're with so if you can get someone to like you and you're providing the service really well then you know they won't be looking anywhere else so why do you want to shift to la uh my my wife is definitely it's like we we gotta move but um la is fire yeah la is a great you know great place and that's where music's at like there in atlanta and even new york i would say are bigger than boston but i feel like uh you know i'll I'll be trying to come back like every month or every couple months so i don't want to like give up on boston in any Mm -hmm. way i want to still be growing it but uh i think i'll be able to bring back some of the opportunities from la too yeah i totally yeah the opportunities really the reason the weather is just like a, a plus a huge plus you're just surrounded by everything there. Yeah. And good everything. Like even small stuff like the food being better and there being more healthy food just like everywhere. Well, everyone's health conscious, dude. I learned like 15 new health trends when I was out there. And people order drinks there weird. People order their coffee very specifically. Well, dude, Starbucks is cheaper out there, which was mad surprising to me. They probably just have so much business. It's probably just like nonstop. Well, do they ship the coffee from Seattle? Because maybe it's less transport. I have no idea. I'm sorry. I dude. drink coffee every day, but I'm not. Uh, how's isn't that hitting? No, it's just hitting. Yes, sir. That's space juice. Is it hitting juice? <laughs> dude, I know. Hit a couple of those a day. You'll be thinking all night. So, um, is it important for you, legacy wise, though? Because, like. I don't even mean to totally gas you here, but you've done stuff on a, a music tip that many people have never been able to accomplish here. And I don't know if you ever think about that, but is it important for you to say, okay, yeah, I really helped build up Boston and I developed a foundation for artists out here? I mean, people tell me that, and so I, I believe them when they say it, and there's really, like, there's no other compliment that I would rather take because that's more for everybody than it is, you know, for me and it's like it's got a longer lasting effect than any like one time thing but i it's just i'm just at the beginning of it so i don't i don't really see me as having done it yet so much as just like have like a a very solid visible start to it but um what's his name post malone's engineer uh killed it lewis bell used to go by lou balls and just from boston and moved to la oh did so like i have like a huge you know do you guys know each other? Until, uh, no, I've never met him. Yeah, but I mean, you built a studio here, which is like where rappers can come in and grow their sound. Yeah, that part I love. I mean, having a physical space that's like I've just developed over time and see it grow and just like visibly, it's so different from the very first time. Like I was just talking to one of my clients who's uh, who came, I think it was with little Chucky or someone way way back uh is that young money little chucky yeah wow that was the first first uh you know big artist that i ever worked with so what was Uh, that like 
That was awesome. Uh, did a session with him. Uh, he did a feature for two clients, and then his manager, Money Miz, uh, came to me and was like, "Yo, little Chucky loves your sound. Uh, can we get some free studio time?" Because they knew I was just like starting out, and I was like, "Yep, for sure." I was like, "Yeah, let's do it," and they did like a whole week. Oh shit! They put you in the drain. Oh yeah, but they they saw the opportunity and they took it, and I got to do a bunch of music, and I got to learn a bunch of stuff about you know the next level of how shit's done did the song release yeah no we we did a whole we we did a whole project like uh overdue i did all, everything on we, we were mixing that until like 10 a.m and dropped it at 11 a.m and then the next day he and maybe he dropped it at 11 p.m and then the next morning he was on sway wow yeah. and what is that like 24 year old john scott 23 year old 24 year old and so at the time we're like, oh my god, I'm actually connected to the industry for the first time. Yeah, it d- definitely. And it, it, yeah, it's funny how y- you can be so close but so far away. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different levels to stuff. Once you achieve the thing, and you think that would be the thing that would mean you were there, you're like, oh no, there's still like so many more steps that could, like, I need to take before. I really am you where get to where you are now, you know, so at the time now where I want to be yeah. at the time, did you think the little chalky thing was like your, your foot in the door? You're like, Oh my God, I'm finally here. And in some ways it definitely was. Um, I didn't think, uh, that it was going to be like the one necessarily. Uh, but I knew that you needed many ones to, you know, start building a brand as an engineer. And I knew that he sounded great and that I was doing like, you know, I was doing my shit. So I was, I was very happy with that project and just like being a little, that, that being my first little blip. When you look back over like the last seven, eight years, what was like, how important has patience been? Have you been impatient? Have you been short term fast? Like, cause that's something that's been killing me, honestly. Consistency and patience are different, but if I'm consistent and give it time, then, you know, the, the stuff happens, but feeling content and feeling, uh, impatient aren't necessarily opposites, if you know what I mean. So like, I do want shit done now. And I know that like, I can do stuff that someone might take a month to do and I might be able to do it in a week or vice versa. So it's, it's all a matter about like how much you want it and, finding the balance of not rushing things and just knowing what you want and doing it right and knowing like how much work you have to put in to do it. Yeah. But is that a mindset that matured over time for you? Like when you were my age, did you, did you necessarily have the same thing? Like, you know, if I'm consistent and I just wait like three years, then I'll get there. No, I mean the studio almost didn't happen. So I, I, I w it wasn't really up to me to be consistent. If, clients didn't show up they didn't show up if they didn't book time they didn't book time um you can only do so much to you know force people into the studio but uh yeah when when they do book time i'm there you know not just by obligation obviously but it does help set the schedule and the pace and the tempo so i don't have to worry about doing stuff as long as that part's working and that part's busy uh then i'm set but in the beginning it wasn't something where i had the all of the control over it did you visualize like some of your success yeah. back then you did yeah all yeah 
Can you elaborate on that? Um, like trying to manifest it. Well, manifesting, but did you see where you where you are now back then? Yeah, I, I. There's one moment in particular where I remember stuff starting to get busier, and I had a client in the morning for like four hours, and then another client right after that client, and then another client right after that client, like back to back to back, and that was the first time I'd ever had that. Like, and I was just like, oh, this is this is what it's gonna be like in a couple of years, like every day, and now it's so much. It's even way you know more packed than that. Yeah, now you need um, to take breaks. Yeah, no, I just and I just finally like changed my schedule, so nice. I have like an hour break every day. I'm taking Sundays off. Cool. Yeah, you feel better. Yeah, doing yoga three days a week. Like just I know Big J's on the yoga tip. He's what's Yo, it? Shouts out to Jaquiel. He's on that Jaquiel, California yeah. vibe already. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what has that done for you, yoga? I can is touch it? my toes. I know, but is it, I'm talking on a cognition tip. Like, a lot. are you f- more focused or just more clear? less less like just disturbances and distractions going on you know less anxious just more quiet you meditating at all yeah Yeah, like we do we do like meditation a little bit in the beginning the end of uh each session nice that really helps you clear out and make space you know like Like i usually literally just have like talking you know way more of me just like rambling and no like dead air and now there's a lot more dead air, and that's really nice. But you're a chaos brain. I know, so I need some something, you know, right? I need that. I like I, that's already happening, so I need to balance that. So it was just too far to one side. Yeah, but dude, I've tried to meditate like th- oh, thousands of times. So I could it does do not it, work. So for me. so um, you don't succeed at meditating, or you don't get the benefits from it. I I can't think about nothing. Correct. So that it's a practice. It's like lifting weights, but in reverse. Yeah. You know, um, instead of trying to get lift, do more, you're trying to think of less, and that's like just as difficult. But it's something that you—it's a skill, and you get a little bit better at it. But we don't like. I don't focus on the that part of it too much. I just let that happen naturally, and you know, focus on the breathing and do the the movements and stuff like that. How long did it take you to start like reaping some of the benefits since you started with your kill? I feel like some of the benefits were right away and then there's a dip and then some of them, you know, come back. Like it definitely helps my mood a lot um, as well as like the clarity that I was talking about before. Um, But for me, I don't think I'd be able to do it necessarily just on my own. Like now I feel way more able to do it. But in the beginning, I needed somebody there so that uh, I was forced to meditate. Otherwise, I would just put on TV and stretch like. I need has your wife noticed like you've had a change in mood at all or hopefully I think she would say so and I have time more time to do shit like around the house she's noticed that like I do more of my fair share now do you get anxious now turning down clients or turning down work because because you were your back was so far against the wall like do you ever think about I, it I definitely have like post-traumatic from, <laughs> from like that like I still answer all of the phone calls like even that one that I missed I'm like who, who was that like i wonder wonder if that was someone big i know i feel you like i've gotten a telemarketer call and missed it and then like call still, back and but and then when it didn't work be like google the number and try to see like if it was you know someone well it's ingrained in you now which is fire yeah i think the habits that you build in the beginning are the ones that you need to you know think about the most but they also end up being difficult to, to break so like if you work really really hard or too hard in the beginning and set yourself up 
you have to work really hard to work less. I feel you. Because I'll just say yes to everybody and then, you know, have to cancel on people or just be in pain and then I turn into an asshole. Yeah, like I will follow up no matter what, whatever it is, I'll follow up with everybody like eight times still. Which is like people think I'm annoying as hell. I'm just like, dude, that's no, you, you just like kind of have this things built, so I have to do it. Yeah, people confirm. People actually show up. People aren't paying you to be here, so they're not they're not incentivized in the same way that when they're like getting something uh, from you know a store. You know, like if you if you have a pickup for something and it's yours and you already paid a thousand dollars for it, you fucking are gonna get it. Real quick rewind though. So when you. So were you visualizing, like, I'm not to be totally like a health guru here, but like, were you envisioning what the success like looked like at the time? Like, oh shit, I'm broke as fuck. But right now I can kind of see that I'm working with this huge artist and I'm getting flown out to California. I know what the plane looks like. Being at Jeezy's spot is like, was inspiring because he just has, you know, all the trappings of crazy wealth and everything is just kept so nice so i did definitely get a little bit spoiled and used to some of that shit um back then and saw how important it was to just be financially like responsible so it was motivating but what was what was the original question like were you visualizing You're, 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 I mean, I always have like the next plan that I'm trying to do and it takes so long to get some of the bigger plans off that I'm thinking about them like, you know, every day. Do you know what it looks like in your head though? Because a lot of people say there's like a some sort of quantum physics twist that if you like ingrain something in your subconscious, it, it comes to fruition much yeah. more easily. Like, no, I've, I've imagined like the moments when... You know, like if I get a Grammy or something like that, like I've imagined those moments, but visualizing what like a physical space would look like um, is a little bit harder to do. Sometimes I have dreams where I like open a door to the studio and it, I have like an extra 4,000 square feet that I'm about to build out. Fire. Um, so and in, in that way, I definitely like I think about what I want and how to make it happen. And I think it's if that exists that's why you know i do think that does it ever seem predestined to you your success so, i mean sometimes but like it's like that makes me feel a little trippy when it does well yeah because we were talking once about i was like dude does does your life first seem like a movie to you and you're like dude i don't even want to talk about it man yeah sometimes have, have you have you had a lot of those moments recently there are some i've moments. had a bunch this summer yeah no, dude, the little baby trips have been uh, pretty, pretty crazy. And uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say if when you think about something enough, like we were talking about, like you're manifesting it because you just put all your focus and time into it or if it's the other thing. And sometimes it feels like it's the other thing. But you forget about all if, the work. But if it is the other thing, then it's predestined. And then, and I do get deja vu like pretty often. I do too. Like, I got deja vu like twice this week. Um, Dude, I got it in LA like three times. Yeah. And it's so weird. Yeah, it's weird getting deja vu in a place you've never been before too. It's really strange. Yeah. So, 
given that you're you want to shift to LA, but you still want to build up another space, mm-hmm. can you elaborate on that just a little bit? Um, really, I just have a lot of clients, and even some of my other engineers have a bunch of clients. There's only two studios at our space right now that are you know good for recording artists. C room can work a little bit, right? But not not to the same degree. Not, yeah. Like I wouldn't. Not a professional level. Yeah. Correct. Like it's it's something that's awesome if we need to get work done or if there's someone who's just trying to create for a few hours. Um, a producer but, go make some beats or something. Yeah, but I've I would love to find a spot that eventually I could own so I could keep all of the you know the changes that I'm doing to it and keep adding rooms as we need them. If if an artist could call and not get turned away, that would be like where we've have we have enough studios. You gotta recruit more engineers though, right? Yeah, and luckily they've been sending in resumes, and I've been training some new ones up. So there's some people who are really close who just are gonna like watch me, Leo, and Josh for you know a few weeks, and then we're gonna throw them in the water. I know. Shouts out to Leo. It seemed like that really just helped grow the studio. Oh my huge, god! Huh? Shouts out to Leo, son. For real. How did he's got big big stuff on the way? It's all hush hush. But how did you secure that deal? Um, how did you snatch him so, off the waiver wire? Uh, D the flyest uh, started coming to my studio. Uh, loved everything except for how booked I was, and so he was like, "Yo, there's there's this engineer that I, I worked with at the mix loft, uh, Leo, which was in Quincy. Yeah, um, and he's like, you should definitely uh, check him out. Uh, you know, brought him in for an interview. I had him do a session for me uh, that night, and my client was super happy. And it started from there. We've been like learning from each other and showing. Each- it's like it's so cool having like a group of engineers who are all like down to share all of the secrets, like all of the sauce. Like he showed me a new key command yesterday. That was like I just gave him You're a hug. Pumped. I was just like, "Yo, thank you." Not so the, many not the key command so many clicks he saved us like you have no idea like if if i do that move let's say 50 times a day it's like 250 clicks and now i can do it in 10 and that's like physical pain he saved me from i know john's got bad carpal tunnel yeah so if you if you find out like the life hacks to pro tools you just can you can do so much so much faster and have it be way less work on your hands and just make everything the holy sound key better. click. The holy key click. Yeah. I'm obsessed with you know key commands. Well, you since I was there, you totally, totally revamped the B room. Like, dude, I remember when it was just like brown walls. And you definitely were motivation for you know making sure that that happened timely because because you guys were doing camera, the podcast yeah. and I was the you know the B room not looking the way I wanted it was getting shown off every day. But have, do you think that's helped the branding of the studio at all? Probably. Probably indirectly, right? Definitely. And so my my marketing strategy has always been make the studio look dope enough so people want to take pictures and then people will find out where it is. Yeah, it's smart. And if you make music good enough, they'll ask who mixed it and then that's the same answer, you know? Um, and then we don't have to spend any money on advertising. We wasted like $3,000 the first year in ads that maybe got me like one client on on what type of ads yelp yelp the mafia of the ad game i just got a, a yelp account myself yeah if you've ever tried to uh have a if anyone knows about having a business on yelp getting the reviews approved 
are, is just like a ridiculous thing and they've uh, set it to an algorithm. So a human on the other end of the phone can never, can't even see it or know why something's not getting pushed through or is, you know, uh, getting marked. But I have like tw- over 20 reviews on Yelp that are unpublished. Why? Because they're not reliable accounts or something? Uh, because its algorithm doesn't think they are. Or if, like it's, it's a lot of people who maybe done like one other Yelp review or none and they're making an account just to support the studio and uh, to leave a review. Oh, yeah. And so it doesn't like that. And then maybe if eventually they leave five other reviews somewhere else over the next five years, it'll get, you know, undone and reapproved or whatever. But it's like having like a bunch of fake Club Penguin accounts. Yeah, but the like for restaurants, I think it's it really makes sense uh, because there's enough of them for it to do a good job. But for stuff like a studio, the algorithm is just shitty because I've gone to all the other studios too and uh, hit their Yelp reviews, and they have awesome, they have some good reviews too that are just all being like, and they're obviously real. Like they're not they're not spamming it to get like a higher star rating. The most reviews anyone in the city has on Yelp is like five. Like that's how few and like on whereas cyber, Google it's like sounds? I don't think so. Um, but uh, on Google it's like sixty. Like you can all the reviews stay on Google and you can just look at them and see for yourself if any of them look well, super people, sketchy. I, I think people give more leverage to Google reviews now anyway. Yeah, Yelp has definitely been losing its you know stronghold because restaurants and all the other people who are giving them power stopped giving a fuck. They were like fuck Yelp. Well, dude. People were like telling people, like, I'm a Yelp reviewer and trying to get, like, it's like I don't give a shit. It's a whole that's, that's what, South Park. Well, yeah. Well, that's what we should do next time we go to a restaurant. Just be like, this food better be hidden, man. Yeah, we're going to. Because we got Yelp we're accounts, Google dog. Review you. <laughs> <laughs> so, where right now, like next year, you just turned 30. When was your birthday? September 29th. Hey, happy birthday, man. Thank you. You're a great guy. Where would you like, like a year from today, be positioned? Like, do you have any like two, three goals you want to get done this year? I would love to break an artist. Um, Elaborate on what that means. Uh, I have an artist, Emma G, who's one of the most phenomenal, talented singers that I've ever come across, and uh, so I'm gonna do my best this year to make her a success and get you know as many eyes on her as possible. With those industry connects. Yep, trying to solidify those and, uh, you know, leverage all of the connections that I've been building into real work and label work, you know, more of that. Uh, That's the other thing is like we've, like I missed a text message from uh, one of the 300 guys that's the uh, label and he was like, Young Thug needs studio tonight and it was like at 2.27 and my brother had come into town and so I went to, ended up going to sleep at like 11.30 oh, or something. You were, you were pissed. Pissed. Ugh, and I good. know that they were coming because Gunna Man... There's always Gunna two Man, sides. Two sides uh, uh, to every story. Uh, I love that yeah, song. Yeah, me too. Uh, but Cybersound fucked up uh, Young Thug's part on it. Shouts out to Cybersound for doing a terrible job. Um, they, what the mix they was auto, No, the auto-tune key was on the wrong key. And he has a specific key, right? No, it's just any song. You have to pick the right key. A song's in a key. You know, it's like the... But I'm sure he has his own specific software he uses for most No, like everybody even. uses auto Like he, you know, you you go in there, you record it. The auto-tune key is set to the key of the song, and then it sounds right. If the auto-tune key is set to anything other than that, 
when they hit a, one of those notes that's not in the key, it sounds like sour. Sounds wrong. I'm a Renekopal. <laughs> you should do an album. Wait, so elaborate on on what that where you were getting at with that. Um, it's they just disrespected Young Thug by putting the wrong auto tune key on him, and I was pissed that he didn't come then. But all his guys came to the studio, and then this time just like slipped through my fingers. But Gunna Man was with him again. They were like at the club. I know, I miss that dude. I miss seeing him over at the studio. Yeah, no, I can't believe his brother got traded. <laughs> Fat deal, though. Nuggets. Fat Nuggets. Fat Gold deal. Nuggets. Juice, for reference, Gunman is um, he's an artist who used to come over to John's studio a ton, and his brother is Terry Rozier. Yeah, so since when Terry got traded, he hasn't been over at the studio, presumably. But he's a mad nice dude. You just made me realize that Terry Yeah, Terry's a baller, too. Yeah. No, he, I, I didn't really realize it because I recorded him one time, like literally hit the record button and then like heard him say one thing and then like left. Um, but he's he's got a voice. Like I heard he has a, tra- a tape coming. I don't know, but he could. Like his his music that I heard wasn't bad at all. It sounded really good. Dude, Damian Lillard's really nice too. Really? Yeah. You got to send me all of the you know NBA players who rap and I'll we'll figure it out. Kind of enemy. I'll like book studio time and just like fly out. Well, dude, I'm sure that someone already has this idea, but imagine just like a massive NBA mixtape. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else has had that idea. I've never heard that. Well, you can make it happen. No, seriously. That's a good idea. Or at least even a Spotify playlist of all of them would be like something that would boom. Well, have you heard of Kobe's songs? They're great. I think maybe one time someone's referenced it and shown it to me like before I even started doing hip hop or like really music but that was like a long time ago right well it's mad fu- it's mad funny it's like over 10 years ago or am i tripping yeah for sure okay. it was over like 15 years ago. yeah but it was during the time where like pc culture and like social media wasn't really active so he so he wasn't he was talking about women but he wasn't like like overtly vulgar so there's like this fine line where you can tell he's holding back on some of the stuff he says. He's like, oh, I'm an NBA player. I can't say this. I just cut the fat deal. <laughs> okay, so elaborate it one more time on some things you want to get done this year specifically. I want to uh, find another spot. In Boston? Yeah. So LA's in a couple of years? Or like... No, LA's in 10 months. So you want to go out there and still run the business? Yeah. Okay. And ideally be coming back once a month for, you know, like a week sessions or something we'll, we'll see, figure out the logistics and stuff cool. but um yeah if i can start another spot train another you know four engineers like a two-room spot yeah okay do, do the same kind of thing uh because building out at the spot that i have right now has just been a hassle yeah. every step Did of the, the way bathroom come in yet or? nope never they never can't, the we had a different like set of bathroom people come in and like do an estimate and they gave us like a laughable number it was it like 15 racks 40 forty thousand bucks i was like no i was like bye like you're putting a shower in there too like <laughs> golden gold shower yeah. <laughs> um if if i can make it like i said to have it so when an artist calls they can get studio time that would be my goal to to fix that problem that uh supply demand relationship dominate the market space yeah and i i really do the word like it's a service industry and people do get bummed out when they can't get studio time at a place that sounds fucking fire Mm -hmm. they don't feel as inspired they don't feel like they have a real shot anymore um so it's like hope it's 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 you're providing a lot of value yeah and for the engineers too like 
there's a there's like a pipeline of you know like i said lewis bell did it and he's he was out of boston like he was the man like uh, when i started like any of the you know rappers who'd been around for a long time would uh like a few of them like told me like oh you're like a young lewis bell and i, I but back then it's like lou balls and i I didn't know that he'd started doing the post stuff actually when the, like the first time I had heard that and I was like cocky about it. I think I was like, Oh, I'm going to be even like, I'm going to be even bigger than, you know, bigger than him. And then I found out that he did like the post shit and he was like going to make like $6 million this year or something ridiculous. And I was like, Oh yeah, be humble. Probably even more ridiculous now. Yeah. Probably even more ridiculous. Like what, what a great artist dude. Post Malone. Like he's been doing crazy numbers doing, too. The music's great. Okay, so new spot, four new engineers, breaking artists. That's the goal. Yeah. What about placements wise? Is there anyone specifically you want to work with? <clears throat> no, I never. Like I never make. Uh, maybe I should. I could. I could try to manifest that specifically, but I would love to work with someone who's coming up, like someone. Well, outside of hip hop, is there anyone specifically? So John does a lot of work with Crumb. Oh yeah, Crumb show tonight. Uh, it's, this is gonna happen. So but, this is gonna drop in a week. Exactly, so. but I'm going to the Crumb show tonight, and I'm it's Halloween. Super stoked. And Happy Halloween. Yeah, thank you. Happy Halloween. Will people trick or treat in your neighborhood? Uh, I think so. Caitlin told me I had to get candy, so. Okay, don't get creepy with it though. I'll I'll just, just, I'll just, get regular candy. Yeah, just leave it on the porch, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you could give out um, give out eye locks. Oh my god. <laughs> $40 a piece. That'd be hilarious. The eye lock. Where's the <laughs> eye lock? Some, there were some classic moments at the studio. Did I ever tell you the... Um, How yeah. many TVs did you see break? Any? Did you see? Were you there when Geechee broke the TV? No. Oh. Well, he threw something? Yeah, he threw dental floss at Johnny Finesse. Oh, here's one thing. I'm sure it's gone now. But there was a, a time where it was very under wraps. John was like, don't tell anyone. But there was another studio resident that knew, knew, knew and knew about. His name was Ratatouille. And oh, Ratatouille. I would be running episodes, and there was a little mouse would come from the garage bay and run in and then run out. And I'm like, what the fuck? I hope the guest doesn't see this. Yeah, we did. We He's did, gone, right? Yeah, we just stopped uh, letting. We had to get like different trash bags and shit because people were leaving them out and bringing them. Did I ever tell you about the time we had a. What do they call it? possum an opossum in the studio oh in the lot in the common space like how did it get in? i mean the door's open it's cold during the winter it's just an animal just like i didn't even know they lived around here just strolled on in yep was just chilling like right by the bathroom like in front of it and, and what happened when it you got dead. Like, Yo, what's up dog no it played dead for a little bit and then it ran away but it, was, it but it was like we saw it for like three days it was coming back so it found like it found some hiding spot like around the boxes and shit. No, it'd be swag at your new space if you get like two bird cages and like as soon as people walk in there these two like peregrine falcons kind of like a phoenix and you just walk in and they just stare at you. That'd be pretty. That'd be pretty dope. Like this, like the huge. Uh, or maybe get like a Harry ones. Potter phoenix. You get two of those things. Like a real phoenix. Yeah, like a totally engulfed flames. Yeah, that'd be lit. Okay, so listen. One, I want you to get your plug off. Where to find you? Actually, I'm gonna provide a little value for uh, Boston artists. What do you think Boston artists need to do more of right now? Promote. Better promoting. Yeah, like people need to spend the same amount of money on recording and promotion. Okay, elaborate on on effective promotion that you've seen in Boston. 
Because Juice, you have a, a cousin who's an artist, right? Yeah. Okay. I wish I could speak on that like really confidently, but from what I've seen, it's having a a really good product and good video and doing some ads like Instagram ads. If, yeah, if you can get if you can get it on like a playlist by emailing some people on like this on Spotify, uh, that can get your numbers up too. And there's even ones that you can like pay for a submission for. Um, it's a balance of you know pay to play and trying to find people who actually support your music. Well, can people can artists grow organically without ad spend in Boston? Um, probably. I mean, don't tell people what they can't do. I mean, you oversee everything though. Like, you're the godfather. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. Um, if I spent more time just following exact like other than Instagram, you know how people move then I'd be able to say for sure. But I, I think people probably are sleeping on the live shows because that's where the eventual revenue ends up. So I know that is like, I would say most people's mistake. That's all you can is, do. Is not doing enough live performances. Yeah, that's all you can But do. that's the dream though, live performance. You can tour yeah. No, but in Boston... The- but before the dream was selling albums and you could make your money that way and performing was extra and the ticket prices weren't crazy. Now, the only way to make your money back is through shows. And so you'll see artists who tour 180 days a year and, you know, drives them crazy. They get a lot of them get burnout. Avicii. And like can't and end up, yeah, doing something like that or canceling like Kanye or, you know, a bunch of people who just How like the, stopped like a f- 14 days of their tour. How does Stevie Oki do it? <laughs> That's an animal. Yeah, maybe it's, yeah, exactly. Different. I mean, he probably meditates. Yeah. Dude, I saw there was a pizza aoki on Venice Beach when I went to California. Like, the guy's got millions of businesses. He's a maniac. It's awesome. It's crazy. Okay. Good. That was some good hashtag value. Hey, this is John Scott, and that was my Platinum Hour.